0: Welcome to That You May Know Him, a podcast dedicated to helping you know Christ better than ever before. Hey everyone, this is Blake and welcome back to That You May Know Him, the podcast that's dedicated to helping you know Christ better than ever before. I'm here today with my good friend who's back on the show, Reverend Carlos Castaño Mejia. Carlos, welcome back, brother. How are you?
1: I'm doing like a million dollars. It is a pleasure for me to be here with you. Thank
0: you. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Doing like a million dollars. That's a good word, man. That's a good a good way to be doing, doing like a million bucks, feeling like a million bucks. Uh, Carlos and I are doing something special today. We've done something on Fridays in the past called the Friday special. We're sort of starting something new here. So it is Friday and Carlos and I feel like it's important to talk about what is happening in the world. In fact, God tells us in scripture That it's important that we pay attention to what's going on in the world. So what we're doing today is based off of Ezekiel chapter 33. I'm going to read that passage for you in a minute. What we're going to do is basically just go through some of the headlines that uh, have come up in the last couple of weeks and just give you our thoughts on them uh, from a biblical perspective. We're going to analyze and look at what's going on in the world from a biblical perspective. Because God does tell us, his people, to be watching and to be paying attention. Ezekiel 33 says this. This is when the Lord spoke to Ezekiel the prophet and told him to be a watchman. It says this, starting in verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon the land and the people of the land, take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning his blood shall be upon himself. If he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. So you son of man, verse seven, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning for me. So this idea of being a watchman of paying attention to what's happening in the world and looking at it from a biblical godly perspective is in fact biblical and i think personally when you see that word watchman used in ezekiel you can really substitute the word pastor that's a lot of what pastors do they're watchmen they pay attention they look out for the flock and so that's why we have pastor carlos joining us today on that you may know him to do a little bit of watching on behalf of our listeners okay carlos So as we talked about, we're just going to jump into some of these headlines and things that are happening in the world. Sound good? Yes. Okay. I am kicking us off with the first headline, vaccine passports, vaccine passports. USA Today reported this week, uh, vaccine passports are coming and they're already here. New York State has already set up a vaccine passport and are encouraging people to not only get vaccinated, but to get a vaccine passport. What do we make of this exactly?
1: Well, um, when you were reading the scripture, I like something that scripture mentioned, and it is the fact that at the hear of the trumpet, yeah. what I'm trying to say here is that this is a, a somehow a loud noise. And it can be taken in many different ways, Blake. But one of the ways that I see here is that this is, in, in a way, destroying or wiping off the freedom that people have to make a decision to be, for example, vaccinated or not. I know several Christians that have decided they don't want to take this vaccine. And I think that's a respectful uh, point of view. I mean, you don't have to force people to do it like you wouldn't force anybody else doing certain other things. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think think what I can picture you saying, (laughs) because you say this to me a lot when we talk about current issues, this is about control. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are big time. Everybody needs to be vaccinated. There's some people that don't want to get vaccinated. There's people that don't uh, get vaccinated from anything. I've never personally been a huge fan of vaccines. That's not based on any deep conviction. I just know the few times in my life I've gotten the flu shot. Those are the years that I always get the flu. <laughs> so, uh, and, and furthermore, uh, you know, this vaccine is relatively new. It's not relatively new. It's very new. And so there's no way for us to actually know what the side effects or what the long-term effects of it could be. That's not to say that, look, I don't think you and I are trying to tell people what they should do. I think we both agree it is the individual person's decision if they want to get vaccinated or not. Um, But when it comes down to people trying to force you to get vaccinated, that's when it becomes an issue. I saw on Facebook just yesterday, someone who I grew up with, a Christian person that I respect a lot, but I, I didn't respect this opinion. She posted on Facebook, when the time comes, I support 100% mandatory vaccinations for everyone. If anyone refuses, they should be forced, capital letters, forced. That to me is just, it. it, it goes against everything that this country was founded on and that we stand for, which is individual liberty. What do you think about that, Carlos?
1: That is true. For example, when we sing the national anthem, one of the things that the, 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 the anthem says, this is the land of the free. Um, and I don't think that forcing people to do stuff like that is going to at all reflect the freedom that this country was Found it on. That's one thing. But the second thing also, it reminds me of an old song from the band Toto. I don't know if you remember this <laughs> place, but they have a I song. Just the rain's down down.
0: Okay. Sorry, Carlos. Go ahead. Fine.
1: That's fine. <laughs> and, and 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 the name of the of the of the song is Land of the Free. Huh. So I can see when things like these are going on. They are basically forcing people to be vaccinated. And it's not only, Blake, about the vaccine. It's about many things. When you see in that headline that it says the first in the nation certification called the Excelsior Pass will be useful first at large, scale venues like madison square garden but next week the pass will be accepted at dozens of event arts and entertainment venues statewide what this is telling us is well i want to go to one of these places but now i can't because i am not vaccinated
0: correct correct and that's
1: i don't think it is
0: no it's not it's not And, and we haven't even well I guess we have touched on a little bit. I mean the the thing that gets me about this is when I'm watching Christians who are who are on social media and other places telling other Christians, well we know that you know you have health issues and stuff like that but we really think you should get vaccinated anyway. It's like who are you to tell someone what they should or shouldn't do? Uh this is why people have been writing to me because of what you just said and asking me Is it possible that this could be the mark of the beast? Now, this is on a lot of Christians' minds. I don't know what you think about it, Carlos. I don't think that this is the mark of the beast for several reasons. I don't think we're in the tribulation period, first of all. I also don't think that the mark of the beast is going to be something that people get tricked into taking. Uh, But there are parallels. I think this could easily be like a foreshadowing or a warm-up to something like that for several reasons. We're talking about a global situation where people all over the world are being encouraged to get vaccinated. And we're talking about potentially you're not able to enter certain venues. If you don't have the, not, not potentially, you are not able to enter certain venues. If you don't have the vaccine, my favorite baseball team, the San Francisco giants have fans in the stands this past week for their home series. You cannot go. If you do not have proof that you've been vaccinated, they will not let you in. So my question is, what happens when that becomes the grocery store or the bank or something like that? What do you what do you think about that that issue?
1: Well, um, certainly people, Christians, and I would say strong Bible readers and Christians that have interpreted the Bible in the right way. That's why I mentioned the word uh, or the phrase at the sound of the trumpet. Yeah, One of the things that is going to announce the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to be at the sound of the trumpet, okay? Certain things are signaled by the sound of the trumpet. And I yeah. can understand and I can sympathize with those that think this may be the mark of the beast. But when you read more about scripture, you know, like you said, Blake, that not necessarily, but at least it can foreshadow, I am mean, I am just quoting what you just said yeah what it may be like and um seemingly such things that are going on right now can foreshadow those events and that's why people are afraid now something that we have already mentioned is it is always about control power yeah. dynamics okay you don't want you don't want evil controlling good right Okay, you want good defeating evil and overcoming evil. If I use a scripture verse, and I always use this one because it's so good, Blake. We have mentioned it several times. Light has come into the world, so that those that come to the light, yeah, their sins are exposed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. In other words. When you read the Bible, you're coming to the light and you yep. understand and you can see and you can hear the signs of the beast, yep. Satan, evil. Okay. But those who don't want to come to the light don't do it because of what, Blake? You remember that part? For fear that their sins are or exposed.
0: Be exposed. Yep. That's right. That's right. John's gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sadly is, is the very thing, you know, a, a lot of people have, uh, their reasons for not coming to God, or they, they have things in their mind that they've built up and told themselves, uh, reasons why they don't believe that God is real and that Jesus Christ is his son. But a lot of times that's exactly what it boils down to. We don't want our sins to be exposed. We don't want to face them reality. And sadly for a lot of Christians, they, maybe born again, they may be walking with God, but they continue to struggle with sin ongoing because why they don't want it to be exposed. And so they continue to walk in darkness. It's, it's a sad, but true reality. It's something we all have to face that when we come into the light and the light shines on every area of our life, there's freedom, there's freedom there. It's just, are we willing to get past ourselves and that self-consciousness? That's a, That's a good word, my brother. That's a good word. John's gospel. I seem to be seeing John's gospel everywhere these days. Not only are you focusing on it a lot, but uh, I was just watching that show, The Chosen, the other night, and they had this amazing scene from John chapter one when when Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus and Jesus calls him and invites him to follow him. And says, uh, you know, <laughs> you you think that I'm this, you, you recognize that I am the Christ, the son of man, because I said I saw you under the fig tree, but you will see greater things than this, my friend. You will Yet. see greater things than this. Yeah, talking about control, there's probably a perfect segue into the next headline that we're going to talk about. You want to uh, read that one, Carlos?
1: Of course. I'll be glad to. And this one is... Uh, says this: the Democrats introducing legislation to pack Supreme Court with four new justices. Report says, and this is another. Uh, we can clearly see it. I, I think people can immediately, just by the headline itself, can intuitively see that this is all about control. What I know, and you correct me if I'm wrong, play is that the court right now has nine members and those are basically led by Republican, a Republican majority. Now, knowing this, the president is trying to have 13 to gain control of it and try to come back with his agenda to approve basically everything that they want to have approved again, control. Am I right?
0: Oh, 100%. You're right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people. I had somebody write to me this week who had just started listening to the podcast and they said, um, you know, I I can't believe how much I appreciate and agree with some of the things that you're saying, America is one of the greatest success stories in the history of the world, in terms of the amount of thriving and freedom that it's allowed people to have. And yet it's being torn down, uh, because of, you know, reasons people want control. That's basically what it is. We want to destroy the perhaps the best system that man has ever come up with for government, for society, because certain people want to control everyone and everything. That's what it always comes down to, is it not?
1: Yes. Always control, because we can see the same thing in Scripture when you read all the Gospels. yeah, And even when you read the Old Testament and the epistles of, of Paul, you can see that everything is a fight, a constant and consistent fight against Evil against control from evil. Jesus Christ calls all the time the Pharisees, teachers of the law, hypocrites because the worship that they are supposed to have to lead the people of Christ, the people, the Israelites, God's people into heaven, into salvation, is not underway anymore. What they are doing is leading people to a to a pit actually and we can see I that have, in right. Matthew 15 when Jesus Christ tell them tell his disciples do not listen to him because they are blind leading the blind and blind who lead the blind are going to fall into a pit what is this interpret it very easily even those that are thought to be saved can lose their salvation because they are blindly leading in the wrong way, the ones that they are supposed to live in the right way. So that's why, and that's one of the uh, chapters that I see, for example, for those who believe that once saved, always saved. I don't see it like that. Jesus is demonstrating here that that is not true. Also, he says things like this. Whatever is bound on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Things like that. So it shows that not only we have to recognize that Jesus Christ is our Savior, but also we are going to be, we need to do something. What is that? Accept and receive the gift of grace, and then repent of our sin, confess our sin, and start a, this reborn life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question, brother. Does God ever try to control people?
1: If that was uh, the answer immediately for me would be no, Yeah. because if that was the case, we would never have gotten free choice.
0: Exactly. Exactly. In scripture, it's always the devil. It's, and it's always the workers of darkness who are trying to control people. And in fact, oftentimes it is the, the structures and the systems of this world that are often set up. And the, they're often Influenced, God allows the devil to influence them because the Bible says that the devil is the God of this world. God is sovereign, he's all powerful, but the devil is the God of this world. He's using these structures and these systems to try and control people. There's
1: yeah. A good example of that really quickly. I am yeah. studying with uh, our church, with our co- congregation, we are going over the book of Job. Ah. And when you read the first chapter of the book of Job, you can see that it is the devil that is telling or asking God, "Okay, why don't you why don't you see Job undergoing difficulty?" Yeah. Is he going to be as faithful as you think he is? Yeah. Why don't you try him? Why don't you put him to trials? Yeah. And God knows us. So he is always ahead of time, ahead of knowledge. Yeah. And, and, and he says, okay, let's do this because God always knows the hearts. And that's exactly what happens at the end. Yeah. Job, through his believing God and walking with God, destroys the trials that came from whom? Not from God, but from Satan. Right. Just coming back to your point. Right, right. Yeah.
0: God certainly allowed them to happen. He said to Satan, he's already in your hand to do whatever you want. But God also set limits on what Satan was allowed to do. Ultimately, the thing that I find so fascinating about that and what so many people miss is Satan is actually, before he ever do- touches Job, he questions God he says to God, do any of these people that you created actually love you for who you are? Because as far as I can tell, they only love you for the ways that you bless them. You haven't actually created people that have the ability to love you because you're God and because you're worthy of our love and our devotion. But I think he's proven wrong, isn't he? He's that's proven wrong. Yeah, he is proven wrong. So that's, a, that's an amazing thing. It's an amazing perspective for Christians to be afforded, that when you are in a difficult situation in life and you're being, as the Bible would say, tested or pressed or squeezed, really, when you respond by not being self-centered and not saying, poor me, and not questioning God and saying, why, God, are you allowing this to happen? You bring glory to God. You bring glory to God when you continue to exalt the name of God, despite what you're going through in life.
1: And we can see that is why today uh, we already know that those who don't believe in God, that's fine. I mean, they have already made their, their choice and the yeah. Bible is clear about that. Those who do not receive the good news are already condemned. OK, but the problem, Blake, today sometimes is with Christians. I mean, yeah. we're having the biggest fights with supposedly Christians who seemingly believe in God, but is not true. I mean, you see them in the gray areas. It's like having a double citizenship. When I am in church, I'm a Christian and I believe whatever the, the Bible says, whatever the Bible preaches about, whatever the pastor tells us and teaches us. But when we're out in the world, we also act accordingly or according to the world, to to the world in which we live, which is bad because then we are not holding down our sanctity, our uh, righteousness all the time. In other words, what I'm trying to say here, Christians are not supposed to be in the gray areas at all. You're either either black or white, or you are not a politically correct figure. Christians cannot be politically correct christians are to be called spiritually correct
0: yep you can't walk in the truth if you're not willing to speak the truth and think the truth if you're always trying to find some comfortable place in the middle where you can quote belong to god and quote be accepted by the world you're gonna actually what jesus says is you're you're lukewarm and he is going to spit you out of Of his his mouth. mouth so absolutely so uh back to this back to this headline i think there's absolutely you know the the push by the democrats which i don't think it's going to succeed i'm praying that it won't succeed this is legislation that's being brought by the house pelosi has since this was announced wednesday said she's not going to bring it to a vote but it's at least not at this point but it still could happen biden is saying he's investigating he's put together a commission to see if this is is plausible to pack the court, but a lot of people on the left are pushing for it. And so it's exactly what you said. If we can't, if we can't get what we want by way of, you know, using the systems of government that have been put into place, we're just going to try and change them. We're just going to try and overthrow them so that we grab control and we keep it and nobody else gets it. It's, it's the, actually the exact opposite of the way America was founded and supposed to function where you know what we have differences of opinion we work through them by balance of power
1: right you know what that is called what's that the pressure of the masses yeah that's how feminism was approved Uh, that's how the lgbtq movement and all of that is being approved through the masses pressing on the government so the Lawmakers start making new laws to uh, fit the people's needs, but they are not using the scripture any longer. And a a country like this was founded based on scripture. Even in the Pledge of uh, of Allegiance, you have one nation under God indivisible indivisible with liberty and justice world right one nation under god it doesn't say some nations under god but one nation is it right. true well it seems not to be the case
0: yeah yeah okay? yeah certainly this uh the way I like to the way I like to say it is, is America was birthed out of a culture that was saturated in the Bible. Like you, you do not get the American Constitution, the American Bill of Rights, without people who have a Judeo Christian worldview and a Judeo Christian morality. In fact, it's 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 built into the DNA. The Constitution, this government, the founding fathers believed only works if the people are a moral and upright and God-fearing people, if they're not, it's not going to work. And that might be playing itself out right now before our eyes. Um, America built into America is a separation of church and state. So that religious Liberty can't be infringed upon, but also it was founded for a religious, for a God-fearing people. And that's why it's worked so well, to be honest with you. But like you said, that might be changing. So sticking with that topic, and sticking with this idea and the Supreme Court, let's go to the next one, which is the Supreme Court this week blocked California's restriction on in-home Bible studies. So California Governor Gavin Newsom, several months back, put a, uh, uh, a cease and desist, a block on people having in-home religious gatherings, in-home Bible studies. And now it's worked its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. They overturned the Ninth Circuit Court. And they've said there cannot be a restriction on in-home Bible study because of the First Amendment. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting a free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. What do you think about this, Carlos? First, Gavin Newsom saying you can't have in-home Bible studies, but now the Supreme Court has overturned it. Although there is a supposedly conservative Roman Catholic justice, Chief Justice Roberts, who sided with the liberals and supported this ban on in-home Bible studies.
1: Well, there is one key factor that is common with the previous headline, and the word is Supreme court yeah like i said i i I mentioned that blake that the supreme court right now has the upper hand because the majority is republican okay right that's why they blocked this law that these people were trying or democrats in this case were trying to implement okay so that's the key thing supreme court as we can see it why? And I am tying these things together. Why then uh, uh, talking about the previous headline? Why does Biden want to add more people to it? To basically the dismount no. these laws like this that prevent the Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court, no the, the Democrats or the uh, all the members of the Democratic Party to uh dismount the good things that we have as Christians. So the Supreme Court is a key factor there. But second, again, and you just mentioned it, control. Yep. They Absolutely. know that they if they have the control, either people want it or not, they have to do it. They are forced to do it. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, Blake, and you want to see that game you were talking about, you will have to show that passport vaccine card or something like that.
0: Right. Right. If you can't get what you want using the system that's been given to us by the founding fathers, just change it, just take it over, just do whatever you have to do to get control. So they essentially want to make the Supreme court a wing of the democratic party and of leftists that want to force us to do whatever they tell us to do. You can't have Bible studies in your house. We're we're, going to make a lot. We're not even going to make a law. We're going to pass executive orders at the state level to prohibit you from gathering in your homes, four to six people to study the Bible. Uh, That's it's the same thing as vaccine passports. You don't want to get vaccinated. Well, guess what? We're going to force you to get vaccinated. And it's, it's not even about the vaccine. It's where does it end? If they can force me to have a needle stuck in my arm and be injected with a quote, vaccine with stuff. I don't, whatever, whatever it is, what can they not force me to do? What can the government then not tell me to do? If they can tell me you are not allowed to have four to six people in your house to study the Bible, then what else can they tell me not to do? What, what are they going to tell me? Actually, we decided you can't have a Bible at all. So we're going to come and collect all the Bibles along with any firearms. That's, it's ludicrous. Where does it end? But I think the, the bigger thing to pay attention to And Christians and conservatives have been paying attention to this for a while now. The chief justice of the Supreme Court, who was a Bush appointee, John Roberts, who's a Republican, who's a Roman Catholic, is not a conservative. And he is not part of the conservative wing of the Supreme Court. This just shows you how political the Supreme Court already is. When there was a liberal majority on the Supreme Court. When Justice Roberts first got on, he would side with the conservatives. Then when it became balanced, he was sort of like up in the air. Now that there's a conservative majority, he has agreed to more or less side with the liberals on you know these, these divisive cases. There's actually been reports that when the last justice that stepped down, Justice Kennedy – actually, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, the last justice that stepped down, the last one to be replaced was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The last one to step down was Kennedy. He said to John Roberts, I am the the last sort of split vote. So if I leave, I want you to assure me that you'll be the middleman, so to speak. How how is it the job of a Supreme Court justice to be a middleman? I thought the job of a Supreme Court justice was to interpret the law, not to play politics and decide, well, there's more Republicans than Democrats. So I'm going to I'm going to side with the Democrats. It just goes to show you it's already been compromised. If this is the way justices think. What are they doing?
1: Well, Blake, that shows us exactly what happened in the Old Testament and in Uh. the New Testament when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, but not only to the Pharisees, but also to these people, the teachers of the law. The teachers of the law were the ones who would interpret the laws and make new laws and everything. In other words, what you just mentioned is accurate, in the way that since it is, in this case, a Democrat government that is ruling right now, the teachers of the law are trying to be all in line with whatever the government is saying, and they are partialized. They are not impartial, but they are partialized, and they are leaning towards whatever the government is doing. And we know about this because this is what's going on. We can clearly see what Paul calls a fight that we Christians have against principalities and evil spirits. This is what we're dealing on today with. We see the faces of people. We see the reactions of people. But behind that, Satan is trying to rule and to control the world.
0: Yep. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. He is at work and there are faithful people. There are God-fearing Christian people who are at work as well. But ultimately, I think we have to remember while we are in the world and we're called to contend for the world, to, to, to be salt and light, uh, to fight for godliness and for goodness. Um, ultimately this world is not our home. And ultimately, this world's going to pass away. So while we're here, we do the best we can to influence culture for good, to spread the gospel, to be salt and light. Uh, But beware, beware, because your adversary, the devil, roams about like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And ultimately, what he wants is your devotion. He wants your loyalty. And oftentimes, people on both sides of the aisle, Republican, Democrat, whatever country you live in. What the devil wants is your devotion, and he wants you to see the government as the thing that you really need to fight and contend for more than the gospel and the lordship of Christ. He wants you to be devoted to the systems that are set up more than to Christ. So, Christians, beware. You're called to be salt and light in the world, but your devotion is to Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. So, don't be duped. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, don't be duped. Uh,
1: And the problem, Blake, is uh, a conflict of interests. Yeah. Sometimes people want to be faithful to God, and I can see that sometimes. But they also have a conflict of interests. There may be something that they can pull out from the government that benefits them in a way or so. So they would tend to lean on that particular area to get benefit from that. And that's exactly what the, bi- the Bible forbids us doing. You cannot do such things because mm. the Bible is clear. You're not going to serve two Lords. You yeah. are to serve only one Lord, and that's God. And that's the only one we are to serve. So whatever we do, and this is something that I was telling a person yesterday when we were having uh, a uh, prayer time with several women, I was telling a person, look, If someone is doing something wrong and you are helping that person in that process, then you become a partner in crime with that person. Even though your intentions are good, the actions go against the word of God. And morally, you would turn out to be incorrect. So we are to be clean, which is the difficult things. Now, can we be clean? When we become Christians, yes, the grace of the grace of Jesus Christ is exactly that. Once we confess our sin, we repent and we're baptized and we start this regenerated kind of life. We are going to leave everything behind. As the apostle Paul says, all things are gone. We are new creatures and then we start building on. The way in which God, in this case, Jesus Christ wants us to live, to be taking this grace and move on to this uh, road towards salvation.
0: Yep. Yep. Amen, brother. Amen. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Hey, just before we move on to, that was a good word, Carlos. Before we move on to the next headline, which I'll have you read, I just want to I just want to read something. So the justice who wrote the dissent in this ruling, one of the justices that said, no, there could, there should, and there could be a restriction on in-home religious gatherings if the governor says so, was Elena Kagan. She was an Obama appointee. She's uh, like, like all Democrat appointees, they're, they're all united. They're notoriously liberal. They do everything they can to limit religious liberty in the country. Uh, I just want to read something about her, what she said about her decision, because I think it's very interesting. She wrote, it has adopted a blanket restriction on at home gatherings of all kinds, religious and secular alike. This is what she says about California's um, ban on in-home gatherings. California need not as per Curian insists, treat at-home religious gatherings, the same as hardware stores and hair salons. And thus, unlike at-home secular gatherings, the obvious comparator here. So what she's saying is uh, in-home religious gatherings are not the same as going to a hardware store or a hair salon. Uh, The the obvious competitor is at-home secular gatherings, not going to the store. Therefore, uh, having hardware stores open and having hair salons open that that's a totally fine thing. You can have hardware stores and hair salons open, but have in-home religious gatherings banned. So what she's essentially saying is that the need for Christians to gather as Christians and have Bible study or have a religious gathering is far less important on the scale of human need than going to the hardware store or going to the hair salon because she's obviously and openly a non-religious person. Right. So, I mean, what, what's an example of an at-home secular gathering, I guess watching a football game. Uh, I don't know. Maybe people meet and and pray to the pagan gods. I, who knows? I guess that would be religious at that point. The point is people who are unreligious, who are not Christians, particularly have no grid for, for what we do and why it's so important to our lives. So it's easy for them to say, Yeah, going to the hardware store can be perfectly legal, but gathering to have a Bible study, that needs to be shut down because it's dangerous. It's not important enough.
1: it is control. And you know what? The devil is afraid that the good news are spread so much, so prominently, that they are going to be losing people because the good news penetrate into these people, as Hebrews 12 reads, the Bible, the word of God is like a double-edged sword. And when people start reading scripture for themselves, and they start living this life that Jesus Christ is inviting, inviting them to live into, they realize that the world in which they living is full of darkness and they decide to come to the light because they know that their afterlife, the scatologically speaking, they want to be in heaven like you and I, Blake, I want to see you over there. Maybe uh, like Jesus Christ says, we're not going to have the same feelings. We're not going to be seeing husbands and wives and brothers and yeah. sisters, but maybe we're going to be able to identify one another, even yeah. though. Our focus of attention is going to be towards God. I think this is fascinating. And we want to have that kind of life. I don't know about you, Blake, but I'm I'm pretty sure what your answer is. But I don't want to be burning in hell, which people don't want to speak about today. Right. Okay. I'd rather be in heaven with God, with the prophets, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and even my family. Yep.
0: Amen, brother. Amen. I know people don't want to talk about it because they don't. Uh, hell's become an unpopular topic because oh, I'm, I'm not going to get off on a side tangent because I tend to do that, but let us make God in our image, right? We want to, we want to reframe and re- reform God into the way we, we want to say, well, God must be like me. And people want to say, it's, it's such a terrible, I I would never do that. I would never send people to hell. People actually want to think that they're more loving than the God who created them. And so therefore hell must not be real because I would never send people there. It's just ridiculous. And they forget when the scripture says, when God says to us, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. And as far as, as the heavens are from the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts make sure that you think biblically and that you do not try and make god in your own image because my friends every word of god that's been spoken and delivered to us will come to pass Amen. and we do not we do not want people to go to hell god does not want people to go to hell but will some people end up there yes they will
1: I want to mention, Blake, I want to mention this to all of those people who are listening to us or who will be listening to us in the future. This thing. There's something that certain Christians who are progressive Christians are trying always to have certain people duped. And is this? They say, what about the two? commitments that God speaks about or that Jesus Christ speaks about love God over everything and love your neighbor neighbor as yourself I when they always tell me that I usually ask them and I want you all of those who are listening to us ask them these two questions okay what does it mean to love God above everything and then if that is true and you know the answers to that what is it to love our neighbor As ourselves, and you will see that the answers, if you know the right answers, are completely against of what progressive Christians say. But to be able to do that, you need to read Scripture and understand what love is towards God, and then in the same way we love our neighbor. It's all about love, which means commitment, discipline following God's commandments and following Jesus Christ's commandments to be able to love our neighbor in the same way. In other words, we are to hold our neighbor accountable for the wrong doings is not the other way, but that's what people don't want to do today. Every time right. I talk about this at church, people tell me things like this. You know what? I don't want to be step on anybody else's toes. And I said, well, it depends. I mean, the Bible is not that's not what the Bible says. That's right. We are to be held accountable as people of God.
0: Right. And, the, and, together. and the Bible says, if you let your brother continue in sin, you do not love him. And people, people always want to say, oh, well, this is Old Testament. You sound so legalistic. This isn't. What about grace? Look, 1 John. You want New Testament? First John, if you say that you love God and you walk in darkness, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. If you say you love God and you don't keep his commandments, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. This is this is Christianity 101, but Christianity 101 is being smoldered and, and de-emphasized and rewritten by a society that wants to be more and more and more debased and wants to excuse themselves to live and do and be however they want. And folks, God is righteous and he creates righteous people. And when you've been made right with God, your life becomes more and more righteous before him. Right, Carlos.
1: That is correct. And okay. I have another, another new Testament. Uh, uh, Blake, can you, can you find it right now? It It is Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. Would you read that?
0: Yep. Matthew 18, 15 to 17. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. Let me just... You've gained a brother. Yeah. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. One more. Oh, sorry. One more. You said through 18, right? Yes. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven.
1: I have already mentioned that passage before, and this is another New Testament. When people say, ah, that's in the Old Testament, that is not true. Here, Jesus Christ is also saying the same thing. As Christians, Blake, and I think we both have spoken about that. We love one another as brothers in Christ. But I'm pretty sure that if I say something that goes against the Bible and you can namely and categorically classify as unbiblical, you're going to tell me, Carlos, I don't think that is biblical. Let's sit down together and read it and and let's come to an agreement that comes from the Word of God. And as a Christian, I should listen to you. Yes. Actually, I must listen yes. to you, being humble, listen to you. And then we reflect upon it. We pray about it. And then you're helping me grow. Yes. As I would as well, if you were wrong about anything, that's how Christians need to be able to speak. When we speak about the word of God, in this case is not agree to disagree. It's right. not about that political term used in the world It's more about what does the Bible says and let let, let do, let's do it that together to grow spiritually.
0: Uh, a- amen, brother. We are humble before God and one another for this reason, to save our souls. You know who you remind me of? <laughs> you remind me of John the Baptist. Prepare the Uh-oh. way of the Lord, a voice crying in the wilderness. Repent and save yourselves from this crooked generation. That's why we humble ourselves to God and to each other so that we can save ourselves from this crooked generation so that we can continue to become more Christ-like and be more connected to our God who is righteous and holy and save ourselves and live eternally with him. Okay, brother, we got to move on. There's a headline. Actually, this one's yours to read. There's an amazing thing happening in California. It has to do with transgender Prison inmates. What is it, Carlos?
1: It says men are coming. 255 California prison inmates have requested transfer to women's prisons since January. And this is crazy. And this is, you (laughs) see, I mean, if you, if you give the evildoers the possibility of, of, having rights to do certain things they are going to go beyond in an imaginable way and this is what's going on of course men here are trying to say that they are they feel more like women but that's i mean there's many implications about that they want to be there because they want to rape these women they want to do other stuff believe me this would be crazy and when you watch the movie god's not dead one The first part, one of the conclusions that that student uh, has with this professor who was against God, he says, when you live in a world that has no moral values, in other words, moral comes from the Bible, everything is accepted. And when everything is accepted, that is the destruction of our humanity, our human population as we know it
0: that's correct
1: is permitted
0: that's correct that's correct and societies will crumble they do crumble actually historically uh, the more they get to where everything's accepted as being okay it it it, it never lasts long there's actually more to this um, than just that this is another gavin newsom special we should we should coin that phrase a newsom a gavin newsom special uh, he signed it into law in january this bill SB 132. It requires that the California Department of Corrections ask every individual entering the department's custody, so entering prison, to specify their pronouns, their gender identity, and whether they identify as trans, non-binary, or intersex. Furthermore, it prevents the California Department of Corrections from disciplining the individual if they refuse to give the information Allows for the information to be updated. So if you enter prison as a man, you can update your gender and switch it to a woman while you're in prison. And requires staff to use the gender pronouns that the individual requested. People who work for the California prison system are now being forced. They're being forced to use language that they may perceive that I would perceive as being untrue. If a man is a man, a biological male, and he says, I'm a woman, regardless of what you think on this issue, the government should not be forcing people to, forcing people to say, yes, ma'am, you are a woman. If it's not a woman, if it's a man, this is the thing that made Jordan Peterson, uh, this is what made him go viral. This is what made him famous. When Canada passed this law, the universities in Toronto, he he it was I, I don't believe it was actually canada nationally it was toronto and in his institution he said you cannot force people to to use certain speech you can't force me to say something to say this person is a man when he's a woman look i don't know how I, if if someone wants to be called girl i, I mean I, well actually no i i probably would have an issue with that but uh but look i mean what it, it, again the question comes down to what's where does it lead carlos if they can force you to say this is a man and this is a woman when is it going to come the day where they can force us to say jesus christ is not lord and if a christian is willing to just give in on this issue are they going to give in on the next one too it, it's it's a matter of truth
1: i'm going to show you something blake about that uh yeah. Hung there. Look.
0: Okay. And then while you're going away, I'll just say this because this already happened in Britain. This th- this happened a few years ago. Uh, this is from the Guardian. Back in 2018, a man who was in prison for rape transitioned to becoming a woman. He became Karen White and he was transferred to a woman's prison. And guess what happened, Carlos? This man who transitioned to being a woman, changed his name to Karen White, was transferred from a, a men's prison to a women's prison. And what happened? He became a predator and started sexually assaulting female prisoners. And now he's in jail for life. Uh, I mean, it, it, w- was that hard to see coming? Absolutely not. No. When, he was, when he was put in jail originally for rape, he was told by the judge You are a danger to women and children. And then he was allowed to become, quote, quote, become a woman and was transferred to a female prison where he then proceeded to sexually assault and rape female prisoners. If you don't believe me, look it up. It's it's on The Guardian, Karen White. This really happened in England. It's it's unbelievable.
1: Listen to this when we and that's why I went to to get this book. I bought the book just to show it at my church, how deceitful and how bad it is to start mm. allowing people to do stuff that is not right. Look at what I found online and then I purchased the book. What does it say here? Can you uh, read it, please?
0: No, I, I, I can't. I can't.
1: But everybody can read this, right?
0: Well, this isn't gonna. I don't think we're going to put this on YouTube. This is just going to be audio. So you got to read it. And I'll, I'm going to say. Okay, I'm going to
1: read it. That's fine. Yeah. It says only a faggot, Jesus, can save us. To what degree have people come into to say that Jesus Christ is a homosexual? this is not only disrespectful but this is a fallacy this is heresy and this is attempting to the holy attempting against the holy spirit itself and look at the comments on the on the headline that we are reading we have one here from blue mendant one it says give me a little tequila and i might identify as superman that does not make me Superman. It just means that I'm drunk. In the same way, people are <laughs> deceived, they are doomed. And look at this one, Trish Simonson. She says, you can identify as a unicorn and you still won't be a unicorn. This is corrupt. And I feel very sorry for these women inmates where many have been sexually assaulted or molested in their pasts. This is disgusting and immoral. Just when I think California cannot get any worse, they do something else to prove me wrong.
0: Yep. There you go. There you go. This, uh, th- there's also a lady who commented on here. She uh, is a lady who corresponds with the woman in prison. She asked her about this and the woman responded, We're already dealing with this. The first one, the first male that came a few years ago to our prison was a rapist and was with a few women here and brutally beat them and raped them. So it's, it's happening. It's uh, and that book that you just read the title of uh, about Jesus. You know, that person actually claims and identifies himself. The person who wrote that book as a Christian and many Christians would say it's perfectly okay. If he wants to believe that this is an example of what we're talking about. You People just want to remake Jesus, remake the gospel, remake everything, Christianity, society, culture, down to gender, into whatever they want it to be. Nothing is anything. This is the postmodern world that we live in. Nothing is anything. Uh, And and (laughs) crazy enough, the party that supports this the most is the party that says, we are the party of science. And yet you can... Uh, be a male, a biological male, and be a woman, and you can be a biological woman and be a male. So crazy, isn't it, Carlos? We only have a minute left, and so I just want to move on quickly to the last headline we wanted to talk about. This is uh, over ten days old at this point, but I thought we should mention it on Easter, uh, in Canada. <laughs> this man, there's some Canadians rising up. We we didn't get a chance to talk about the Canadian pastor that was thrown in jail. Uh, who's out now? But there's a pastor in Canada uh, who had a church service in Calgary, and he had a church service on Easter. Uh, he was actually having a Passover service, and the Calgary police and the Calgary Health Department showed up and tried to shut him down. And Carlos, did you get a chance to see this video?
1: Yes, I watched yeah.
0: the pastor. Uh, he just went off. He said, Get out, get out of here, you Gestapo Nazis. You are not coming back here without a warrant. Get out of my church. We, you know, we're here worshiping God, and you're not going to shut us down. What did you think of that, Carlos?
1: I think that that pastor is very clear on how polarized the world is.
0: That's a good word, brother.
1: And he not only was aware of that, but he, with authority, dumped these police officers out of the church, of the holy place of God. And I think that's the same thing we have to do whenever we are facing people in the world, even Christians who are not really Christians, that tell us to do things that are wrong in the eyes of God. Get out of here. Get out of my place. Get out of my house. I wouldn't use the words maybe Nazis or Gestapo or anything like that. He's basically recalling this because of the time of of the Holocaust and things like that. But what I'm saying is I can say with authority, as Jesus Christ tells us, stay away from me, evil. Get away from me. Eat is written and when we know what is written in the word of god we can reprimand the devil and say get out of here get out of this holy place so i agree i'm a hundred percent with him what do you think about that
0: i think um i agree with you i wouldn't quite have used the language that he used but i think this is an example of someone who has confidence in the lord and you know what um even if it would have been a different outcome, even if the day comes where we tell the government to get out of our churches and instead of leaving, they take us off to prison and maybe even execute us. I'm still going to stand. I'm still going to say what I, what I'm called to say. And like you said, I think he did exhibit authority in Christ. And I think that's real. And I think that exists, but um, I also think, you know, there's, there's different times and different seasons where God allows different things to happen. So, the point is, our loyalty is to God first and foremost. And so, if we are gathering together as the body, as the church, and the government tries to come and close us down, yes. If your pastor, uh, if your pastor, you know, basically goes and hides in the corner and says, "Yes, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. What you know." Uh, if, if no, no, let me just say it clearly. If your church decides to obey the government over God, you have a real problem on your hands and you are not in a church. You know, I've been studying revelation. I was studying it this morning, speaking of those churches in revelation and uh, you know, the first church that Jesus writes to, he says, you've abandoned the love you have at first. He says, I, I commend you because you do not put up with the behavior of certain other people. In other words, you're not immoral. You haven't become an immoral people, but you've abandoned the love you have at first. And if you don't repent, I will remove your lampstand from you. In other words, the seven lampstands in Revelation represent the seven churches. But every legitimate church, every real church of Jesus Christ has a lampstand. If he removes the lampstand, what does that mean? you're no longer a legitimate church. There are churches out there that are not legitimate churches.
1: God is and you right. Know
0: what? It is not easy to see and it's not easy to discern. God gave every believer the ability to discern. It's part of the Holy Spirit. And you should do that. You should absolutely do that.
1: Isn't it a wonderful thing that once we read the Bible then we understand the signs and we can discern Amen good and bad because the holy spirit tells us what is good and what is bad and then we can come to our senses and say hey this is wrong not just because i say it not just because the world may say it or may be against it but because the word of god tells me it is wrong once we get to that point of maturity spiritually speaking we have gotten a long way, which means that we are now led by the spirit and not by the world of darkness in which we live.
0: Amen, brother. Well said. I couldn't have said it better. That is uh, all the time we have. Carlos, is there any other closing things you want to say? I don't know if you can say it any better than that.
1: You, I just want to bless all of those ahead of time who are going to be listening to us and who are listening to to us right now because of their time and the or devotion to listening to us. It is our hope uh, that you are receiving the word of God and seeing the signals, the signs, as the sound of the trumpet, as Blake mentioned, as he began this podcast, God bless you Lord, in the name of Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. And I'm just going to close us in prayer before we go. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your love for us. We're so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, who is the atoning sacrifice, who is our great high priest, who is able to sustain us, who knows, who can relate to every single thing that we endure in this life because he also endured through it. Father, we thank you. I thank you for my brother Carlos, Pastor Carlos, and for his wisdom and for his devotion and love for you. As he joins us on these podcasts, I thank you for all of our listeners. Lord, would you keep your people faithful? Would you help us to stay faithful throughout our lives so that we see you and meet you face to face when it's all said and done and hear those words. Well done. My good and faithful servant, Lord, let us be rooted and grounded in truth. Let our lives bring you glory and Lord let us come to know you more intimately. As, as the days of our lives go by. And we thank you for these things in the name of your risen, resurrected Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Carlos, Thanks. amen. Thanks for joining, brother. Folks, we'll be back in a couple of weeks for Watchmen, our new series where we keep you up to date on what's going on in the world from a biblical perspective. So, you, son of man, I have made a watchman. For the house of israel whenever you hear a word from my mouth you shall give them warning from me folks happy friday god bless you and we'll see you next time on that you may know him carlos
1: la vista
0: thank you it wouldn't have been right if you do it one more time carlos
1: hasta la vista babies
0: (laughs) adios my friends